and welcome to Series 1, Episode 11 of Heart Points, a one-on-one actual play podcast. I'm your husband and GM, Zach. And I'm your wife and player, Diana. And the cat is licking my feet. Why, cat? She just Why wants to show this? you that she loves you. Why is she... She just uh, wants to so show weird. you that she loves you. How are you doing, my darling? I'm okay. I'm petting a cat, and I'm ready to, to play a game. Yeah. Before we get started, I wanted to talk about how I finally got to play Dungeon World from Yay. the player's side. Yeah. Um, I've GM'd... This actually... Heart Points isn't my first time GMing Dungeon World. I've, I had attempted it two times before this. Actually, no, three times. I um, think that's right. With varying levels of success. But I rarely get to play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Steven in our Torchbearer group, I finally was able to get someone to try to GM. And Steven volunteered to try Dungeon World, and he did, and he did great. I think he did like, really well his first yeah. time GMing anything, and he did Dungeon World, and he did really well, and I got to play, and I had a blast. I was so happy. Because um, you never get to play. I don't. I set up a warlock from this bundle on Drive-Thru RPG called War and Wonders, the War and Wonders pack for Dungeon World. Mm-hmm. It was designed by Peter Johansson, and uh, I'm playing a warlock named Surma, and she is awesome. Awesome. She's super... Why are you saying awesome like you didn't play with me for three hours? I think it's cool that you got a character sheet that you really wanted, that you got to play this character that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I'm allowed to say that. That's true. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. Diana played in that game as well. She was playing an orc paladin. I'm never magical. No, you're never magical. My paladin's not like the most magical. I'm not a wizard or a warlock, but like I have magic and I never have magic. Well, and you're also planning on taking the... um, Some of the cleric spells. Yeah, you're going to take the cleric spells, right? Yeah, I'm going to take some of them. You get all of them, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I do. But as I level up... So the way it works is... I start as a level one paladin. When I become a level two paladin, I can choose to become a level one cleric as well. Yeah. So I get to choose some of the cleric spells, just like any cleric doesn't have all of their spells oh, yeah, at yeah, all yeah. times. Like, I'm going to be choosing some of them. Yeah, so that's cool. So I, I really like that because my character is, has a demon patron and your character has a... Specifically a lawful, loyal, justice, truth sort of... God, they're like completely opposite. Yeah. And we got to do a lot of cool things like um so it started off on a train and we had been given we we were working for the train company and mm-hmm. we're given basically all access passes to the train and its amenities. Yep. So I of course immediately start off with my warlock getting immensely drunk mm-hmm. on the on the train. Mhm. So the first role of this new campaign, the first role of this game sad to say was uh, for me to roll the dice to see if I was getting drunk. Mm-hmm. So I rolled plus con and got snake eyes. Yep. And uh, so Sermo uh, was immediately starting off the adventure um, intoxicated and, and, yep. and hung over later and took the debility uh, shaky, mm-hmm. which was genius for Steve to use and reminded me that I almost never hit you with uh, no, you don't. debilities, which I need to start doing. I don't think you do. I think it's okay that you don't. No, I think I probably do need to start. No. But it was really funny because he had also given your paladin the, uh, the, 
the vow of hospitality. Yes. So you always had to tend to people. So I immediately started demanding that you give that you use the lay on hands to yeah. cure me of my hangover. Yep. Which I think is a very appropriate use of that of, of a paladin's duties and skills and powers. <laughs> Take away hangovers. To cure a demon worshipper of their hangover. <laughs> And uh, you also, no, you didn't get Snake Eyes, but I you failed, failed. I failed. Which gave us both a hangover. Yep. So we both went into the adventure. Hungover. Hungover and shaky. Yep. Which was a lot of fun. Yep. I redeemed myself, though. You did. No, I didn't. You will. <laughs> I will. You will. I, I, uh, I, I, mi- I missed a lot of rolls, accrued a lot of XP. I'm yep. on the fast track to <laughs> level two. You are. Which... Actually, did get me thinking about Sal's progression mm-hmm. and how she is, how she's accruing HP. Right. Right now, we're going basically by the book in right. terms of uh, XP. XP in terms of failed rolls mm-hmm. and session endings. And session endings. Mm-hmm. One of the problems is you don't have any bonds, nope. so you can't get XP through bonds. Correct. You can get XP through alignment. But you also can't get XP through... What was the third thing? Oh, or but flags. If we wanted to implement oh, flags, you right. wouldn't be able to get XP through flags. Right. Although, I guess we could if... I feel like it would be a bit of a struggle. I think so, but if you had flags and then it was just my job to make sure... It's already... As a yeah. GM, it's my job. So, we can't do flags. I was wondering if we wanted to implement highlights similar to Apocalypse World. Okay. So in Apocalypse World, if you haven't played, that's the first Powered by the Apocalypse game. It's where the system gets its name. At the start of each session, two people, another player and the GM, highlight one of your stats. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you roll that stat, you get XP. Oh. Regardless of if you pass or fail. Oh, wonderful. So it might be something interesting for us to do if we were to implement a highlight system as well as an mm-hmm. extra way for you to generate HP. Yeah. I wonder if that would cause XP inflation and you would start getting too much XP. Mm. But maybe if you did it for stats that I don't use very often and then I need to try and use it during that session. So I don't use my strength, like ever. I never use my strength. So maybe you want me to start highlighting that. And so I do that. And then like it's a little bit more of like a guiding mission sort of thing and less of a... Because I will be stubborn. I think we all know that. that yeah. That's a little bit stubborn. So. And I think that's the idea, right? When I, Whenever I GM or mm-hmm. MC Apocalypse World, I always try to go for the... Assuming that another player at the table doesn't think it was funny to just, like, mark off the, their friend's, like, worst stat. Right. I always try to go for what is either something that either they have in mind for their character mm-hmm. or something that I think would really challenge their character. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to force them to do that thing, but to at the very least reward them if they do try to act outside of their character's like safety zone, right? right yeah. So that they get that kind of bonus. Mm-hmm. Which actually, putting it that way, makes me really want to implement this highlight system for yeah. our game. I think it sounds like a really good idea. If you're worried about inflation, then maybe it's not something we implement all the time. Maybe yeah. it's in every other or every two game, every well, two sessions or something. Let's do it today and see how quickly you start accruing XP. Okay. Like, I think statistically you would be getting more because you're rolling more because you're the only one rolling. Right. But also... I haven't been failing. 
Knock on wood. That's me knocking on wood. I'm sure that was that was very. Um, I'm sure it was great audio. That was a very pleasant audio. But I haven't been failing. I haven't been rolling awfully, which I think is using up all of my good rolls for when I play other games. Like I I roll like <laughs> crap in those games. I can't believe how badly I rolled during the game we played. You now understand what it's like to be a player. I think you, I rolled four times, and I think I got a seven to nine once. Yeah. Uh, yep. You failed all your other rolls. Now you know what it feels like. You also don't roll that often right. because of the setting and because of mm-hmm. the way we're, we try to be very narrative about a lot mm-hmm. of things. So you really only roll when there's a pretty good chance you might fail. Right. So I think we should do the highlight system. I like it. I okay. want to test this out. Yay. So I think you were right on the money with strength. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to do is I'm going to highlight one and then you get to highlight one. Oh, okay. I'm going to highlight your strength. Okay. Hmm, yeah. Well, let's try this. Okay. I'm going to highlight your strength. So every okay. time you roll strength, you will get an XP. I want to highlight the stats I use the most, but I don't think that's very interesting. And I want her to be growing, and I want her to be learning. Mm-hmm. And some of the the things that I want to focus on, I think, are going to require wisdom. So I think I'm going to focus on my wisdom. Those happen to be my two lowest stats. Yeah. But I, I do think that some of the things... Because my intelligence is already kind of there. Some of the things that I want to be focusing on and some of the things I want to be doing, I think I'm going to be discerning a lot of realities and wisdom is helpful for that. So I think that's what I... I think that's what I'm going to do. Okay, yeah. So strength and wisdom. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. We might even later on change it so that only I'm highlighting a stat. Yeah, because this might be too many. Yeah. Do you want to do that now? I'm fine with that now if you just want to pick strength. You know what? Let's do that. I'm going to highlight one stat a week. All right. And this week it's going to be strength. Last week, Sal got picked up by Masia. Yeah, and and Sal got real ornery. Got real ornery. Refused to do what I, as the GM, wanted to do. Yes. And what Masia wanted to do, which was to have a really cool combat scene. I was having 0% of it. I wanted nothing to do with Masia. Ruined my whole planning. I did. Just a little bit. Which I should... Is... I, I like, sent out, like, a long tweet thread, which was like, Hey, GMs, you shouldn't get set on anything. You need to have an open mind. Which I still stand by, and I might write something up on that. Because... It just ruins the session when a GM yeah. is like, this is what I want to do. Because if it doesn't go through, the GM then doesn't have anything, and then right. they get stubborn, and then the story hits a standstill. It also no doesn't help when your players are not saying yes to the opportunities that are being put in front of them, well, which is something that I struggle with. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's like an improv Thing as well. Mm-hmm. We were talking, oh, we are 15 minutes in and still talking about theory. Oh, we should, let's play a game. Do we want to start talking about theory? I mean, we can. I mean, not, not today. Not okay. today. Okay, all right. Um, but if you want to hear us talk about, like, role-playing game practice and theory, let us know, because that's something that I would be interested in. I don't know if it's something that Diana is as well. I don't know anything about read it. Read on. I know, but I am willing to have a discussion about it. I think it'd be fun. As a layperson. All right, so we'll keep that in mind. If that's something you'd be interested in hearing us talk about, let us know. Vote on our Twitter. Vote? I, well, we can make it a Twitter We could thingy. make a Twitter poll. We'll make it a Twitter thingy. Okay, so I was ordinary to Messia. Yes. I was having none of that. Mm-hmm. So then I made my way. Well, I think it's important to note that you were so ornery with Messia that Messia kind of just decided that you were a coward. Yes. And that 
you weren't a threat. Right. It's kind of how it ended up with mm-hmm. her just like laughing at how scared she was of you and kicking you out of her house. Yes. That she kidnapped me well, to get into. Yes. I just, she, I got, Diana the player and sound the playee, whatever. The character. The character. Really upset that she refused to admit that she had kidnapped me. She kidnapped me. Like, I was kidnapped. But anyway, so I was a coward and I left. Um, I made my way to the guild hall meeting. Mm-hmm. Where I met up with some of the higher-ups. Yep. I eventually met the governor of Sagranza. Yes. Whose Seb- name I did not write down. Sebastiao. Sebastiao. I met Sebastiao, and I kind of ran through everything that had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting Messia, her kidnapping me, her guards being the ones who are attacking the gnolls. Uh, the, the devil attack that I had gone through. Uh, I kind of ran down everything with... Sebastiao and the other guild guild hall leaders and so, or rather the guild leaders. Yeah, I do want to say specifically you ran you spoke with Sebastiao, mm-hmm. Pete Myth, head of the Masons Guild, the right. Halfling, right, and Susanna, who is a human and head of the Lamplighters Guild. Right. Those are the people you specifically spoke to. So there are more I'm supposed to. Yes. Okay. So I met with some of them then, and <clears throat> running down my list of kind of like everything that's happened. They were pretty clear with me that there's not a lot that they can do. Messia um, is pretty well beloved within the city, and so they can't really touch her. She came into the meeting and definitely verbally attacked me and threatened me. She definitely threatened me in a not obvious but obvious way. But yeah, I think she told you to that you should not get involved in politics. That's exactly what she told me. She was threatening me. She didn't want me around. But Sebastiao said it again. There's nothing that he can do about that. We all know Sal's not going to listen. She's too stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I was sent back up to sit and watch the meeting, which has not happened yet. Yeah. So Sebastian, or not Sebastian, uh, Concisal, mm-hmm. heads back up to the the viewing area, the, the civilian area, which is a circular auditorium above this kind of like embedded area where the, where the guild hall leaders meet and talk Mm -hmm. and this auditorium area starts filling up this mezzanine we decided last time yes this mezzanine starts filling up with civilians this dwarf even like sits down a few seats by you Mm -hmm. and pulls out like an ink stone and an ink stick and and prepares his ink in it and starts and like flips open a scroll to like take notes on and you see like one or two other people like getting out writing utensils and things to to craft with to, to to take notes in a few minutes, the meeting starts up. The, the other guild hall members file in, and there's about 20 of them spread throughout these tables. Mm-hmm. And they make up most of the races of Segaranza. Okay. There are they're, they're mostly humans, mm-hmm. but there are orcs, such as the orc woman who came in with Messiah. There are dwarves. There are elves. I think that's mostly it okay there's not really a lot oh there is at least one of those giant ant people oh fun formians but no gnolls okay that's uh, not surprising yeah no lizard folk there's like a giant or two they basically start having this very formal structured meeting mm-hmm. where the different guild heads bring up their issues and their concerns mm-hmm. and they talk them out they vote on them They bring up all sorts of basic city management issues that come up. 
Sebastião asks the uh, head of the Butcher's Guild about the meat supplies coming into the city mm-hmm. and, and what their stocks are like. Um, the head of the Shepherd's Guild talks about how they're working with the Butcher's Guild to keep ant- livestock well supplied in the city mm-hmm. and how they're bringing them in from other cities. And uh, the head of the Treasury talks about the taxes in the city and how well they're functioning and if they're not. And sometimes these conversations turn into arguments. Sometimes they're very civil and quiet. And these conversations go on for like 45 minutes, an hour. Okay. Uh, what's Sal, how's Sal feeling about all this? She's probably super duper bored. <laughs> super duper bored. Um, she came to the meeting specifically to share what she needed to share, mm-hmm. what she felt like she needed to share, which was the devil share, which was the the devil sighting mm-hmm. and the, the treatment of the gnolls, kind of. Um, but she already talked to the governor about this. Yeah. So she's she's sit- she's sticking around to see if anything interests her, to see if there's anything that's like, oh, wait, I need to pay attention to that. But she is definitely bored. Okay. So bored she added a wah sound to a bored. Bored. It's pretty boring stuff. It's yeah. mostly technical stuff. And at one point, the head priest of the Concesau, or not, the Curacao. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think about that when we picked the name, but that's actually yeah. a, probably a problem. There's a lot of wow. Lightsaber noises. <laughs> a lot of C sedillas. Yeah. So at one point, Sebastião uh, asks about how the church is going, and mm-hmm. the head uh, the head priest of Ukurosal uh, stands up and kind of delivers how the temple is doing, mm-hmm. what they've been doing in the city insofar as uh, charity work. Uh, and also kind of talks a little bit about uh, devil sightings. Ooh, that definitely perks her interest. So this man is Urbano. Urbano. He is the, uh, he's the head priest of Ukurosao. Okay. He is a tall man with dark, short-cropped hair mm-hmm. and um, striking blue eyes. His complexion is dark and his ears are... Long? Like Elfie? Vaguely Elfie. So maybe half Elfie? Quarter Elfie? Yes. Elf in the family? He appears to have... He His features are striking and sharp mm-hmm. in a way that is very uh, indicative of elven ancestry or feyish ancestry. Is he a vampire? Um, no. Oh. He is not a vampire. Okay. I will tell you that. <laughs> okay. Um, Can I discern realities about him? No. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I want to listen to what he has to say first. Well, actually, no. I actually think that would be a good... Now would be a good time. Okay. Because your interest has been perked in the meeting. Yeah. And I think anytime you're paying atten- you're paying close attention to something, you oh. are discerning realities. Right, okay. So you can roll now and hold on to that. That is a, a decent roll. Yeah. And that was my wisdom. Oh, wait. No, we're not doing wisdom. We're doing strength. Yeah, we're only doing strength. Yeah, I got I to gotta work on my strength. Okay. So that's a seven, That's though, a seven, right? so I get one question. Do you want to ask it now, or do you want to hold on to it while uh, while Urbano is talking? I'm going to wait, so I want him to talk a little bit. Okay. So Urbano gives uh, this report on the, the church's, the, or the temple's activity lately. Mm-hmm. He's wearing these ornate white robes that are sewn and embroidered with 
gold, but okay. also purples and pinks, which hmm. are callbacks to the Saphira crystals. Like okay. Saphira crystals come in anywhere from like purplish blue to light rosy pink. Yeah. They come in a variety of colors. And and his robes reflect these colors mm-hmm. in their embroidery. And he is talking about mostly mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does briefly mention, he says, uh, there have been a few reports lately of shade sightings. Shades being... The devils. Yes, these, mm-hmm. these insubstantial devils. He goes... The the church is not concerned with them as they typically last just a few mere seconds and there's no telling whether or not these accounts are even reliable. Okay, so I want to ask my question. Okay. So I was going to go with what should I be on the lookout for, but I wonder if what here is valuable to me might be better. I'm going to go with valuable. Let me ask you this. Let me turn that question back on you. To what end... What are you trying... What are you looking for something to be useful for? Is he shaking when he's saying it? Is he saying this information in a different way than he was sharing the other information? So maybe implying that he's lying? Is, oh. like... I'm looking for, like, tells. N- like, that kind of stuff. So maybe what I was on the lookout for was a better question. So he said... This last bit of his report is very dismissive. And okay. he has tagged it on as if it is merely a formality Mm -hmm. that you know if these sightings happen you have to mention it but it's just the same wackadoos that always say Mm -hmm. that they've seen shades in the city and they nothing ever comes of it Mm -hmm. there's no substantiality to it Mm -hmm. and they like they always fade out after a week or two okay he says it in the same way that a politician might talk about Bigfoot or the Chupacabra okay. or the Loch Ness Monster. So this guy has zero, zero faith that this is actually happening. Yes. Okay. That might be a little unfair, like comparing it to Bigfoot, because shades are a well-known phenomenon in yeah. other cities. Right. In Segaranza, they don't happen. Okay. Because of Ukurosan. Right. So uh, he gives his report. Sebastian thanks him. And, and Rubanu sits down and, and goes back to taking notes and, and talking to the person next to him. After a little while later, other people are giving reports, and Sebastian starts going through and talking about and, and like calling on people because they filed that they want to make a statement, they want to bring up an issue. Mm-hmm. He's going through his, his list and he goes, Now, Messia, I see here that you wanted to talk about recent attacks on incoming travelers. Messia pauses for a second, glances around, and doesn't make eye contact with you, but she does glance up into the mezzanine. Okay. And then she puts her hands on the table and she stands up and she goes, Yes, I think that it's about time that we talk again about the, frankly, upsetting level of disregard that this parliament has for Segaranza citizens and citizens of the Pentopolis when they are being attacked by the monstrous raiders out in the steppes. Sebastiao kind of like, he, he rubs his forehead a little bit and he goes, um, Messia, we all know what you're talking about when you talk about the people in the steppes. You're not talking about the orc, uh, the orc tribes. So why don't you just say it? She goes, You're absolutely right. 
Now I'm talking about the Null Raiders. The Orc Tribes can be bribed, they can be paid off, they can be protected against. These Null Monstrosities can't be reasoned with. They're monsters. Sound raises her hand. She just, it's just straight up in the air. She's real calm about it, but okay. it's up in the air. Pete Myth sees you, and he kind of, like, waves at you. Like, that's not really how we do things. Like, he kind of, like, gestures for you to put your hand down. She's thinking about it. <laughs> okay. She doesn't know if she's going to put her hand down just yet. Okay. She probably will, but at the moment, she's thinking about it. Messia continues. She says, um, they are mad with hunger and fury, and we harbor their kind in the city. They don't assimilate. They don't integrate. And Pete Myth raises his hand out and goes, Excuse me, Masia, the folk of Corpstown are not just gnolls. They are humans and orcs and dwarves and elves. And she goes, she goes, the people of Corpstown, not with, or actually, I think she says, the people of Corpstown, notwithstanding, the gnolls have not spread out throughout the city. Her hand goes right back in here. <laughs> They've been here since its inception, and they are a danger. They're a danger that doesn't need to be dealt with immediately, but the gnolls outside of our walls must be. The orc woman who's sitting next to her claps. Urbanu mm-hmm. also kind of like gives us a small, like claps a little bit. Sebastiao taps his fingers on the table and he goes, Messia, we don't have jurisdiction in the steps. What do you want us to do? Wage a war on the knoll tribes? And uh, it kind of turns into a little bit of an argument like between them mm-hmm. with Messiah arguing that they need to send a force out and that they need to start regulating a closer eye on the Knolls in Corpstown. When she starts talking about the Knolls in Corpstown again, because in the end it always keeps like coming around to this, mm-hmm. she starts talking about them and Pete Myth like, interrupts again and Pete Myth goes, Messiah... Have you ever considered that it's possible that the gnolls haven't been able to integrate with the rest of the the city because there are groups out there attempting to prevent them? Yeah, people! <laughs> From the mezzanine. Go, people! Yeah! <laughs> Messiah says, I-, I am aware of those groups. And Sebastiao goes, Messiah, what has the city guard done lately uh, to to crack down on these groups who are inhibiting the Knolls, uh, the Knolls' peace and pe- peaceful relationships with the rest of the city. Yes, Messiah! <laughs> Woo! Is Sal actually yelling? Yeah. Okay. Messiah shoots daggers at Sal. Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, Messiah goes, um, we have made a, we have made enough official statements condemning these groups. City guard members have been trained to disband them whenever they see them and to crack down on their presence. Pete Myth says, uh, what, what do you say about accusations that one of your guard members was recently outed in these groups? That's right! And Messiah says, uh, any soldier or member of the city guard guild seen in these groups would be harshly reprimanded. And there's a lot of, like, murmuring going on about this because this is kind of like a hot-button topic. Mm-hmm. This kind of back and forth goes on for a little while. I don't think it's usual for citizens to be called up in these meetings, mm-hmm. maybe. But I'm not sure. 
I feel like that might make sense. You think like, it would make more sense for for citizens to get a voice in like in I the think, me, in the, ma- in the guild think, hall meetings? I don't think so. I think there's probably like specific times or specific meetings where where citizens get to voice their concerns. I don't know that this would be it. I know that at like town hall meetings, like whenever there's been an issue. Okay, so backtrack. When my middle school was when they were deciding whether or not they were going to move the middle school or tear down the building or whatever they were going to do with Mm -hmm. it, there were several meetings that were held where they discussed everything and then it was like open floor. You could go up to the mic and you could ask. And so my, in like, you know, Parks and Rec, town hall meetings, like I kind of feel like maybe that, like there's a designated spot where you can talk about stuff at the end of the meeting or there's a special meeting where that sort of thing happens. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be very normal for them to be like you, person shouting from the top, who keeps seeing oh, who keeps saying oh yeah, come down here and talk. Like I doubt, I think that would be weird. So I, I think your presence and your shouting. your information oh. gave Pete Smith and Sebastian and uh, I think Susanna and some of the like they're not the only ones that are yeah. kind of digging into Messiah. Uh, there, there's quite a few, but it does seem like Messiah has some supporters in mm-hmm. the on this issue. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like it's about sixty forty. Uh, sixty like sixty on Petemith and Sebastian okay. side, forty on Messiah's side. Okay. Sebastian and Petemith's side is still pretty decently outweighing right. the the other side. This argument kind of goes back and forth for a little while with Petemith, Sebastian, and their side using some of your new information right. to kind of beat back Messiah. Right. But Messiah kind of ends with um, be that as it may, I am. Formally requesting an official committee to look into the Knolls and their presence in the Pentopolis. Actually, I think this is how you find out that it's kind of split 60 40 yeah. is that uh, Sebastiao begrudgingly, not begrudgingly, allows, but he, he's kind of he's cranky about it, but he formally take, yeah. they take a vote. And the council fails, the formation of the council fails. Um, because not enough interest is generated. Okay. And it's because, like, there was less than half. Right. Were, were able, they were able to get people to approve right. this committee. Okay. But it was it was close mm-hmm. to passing. And Masia very carefully takes note of the people who either voted for her or seemed to be on the fence. Okay. Um, and you notice that it like at, when the vote is being taken, she taps on her assistant's shoulder, mm-hmm. and her assistant starts like writing down names, and, and she takes very careful note of who's like on her side. Can I do that too? Would I know them enough to be able to take note of them? Oh, I. Is that a discern realities? Like, are you trying to mentally take note of some of the big yeah, ones? I, well, I would have my book. I have books with me. I never said that I had a pencil or anything, though, so I don't know that I would actually have anything to be able to write anything down. I just have, I have my songbook of Heroes Past. It was my first, yeah. my first bard book. I don't think I would have a pencil to write it down. So I think I'm just, plus that's sacrilegious. You can't write in a book. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so I think I'm just trying to take mental note. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to notice the same things that she's trying to notice. Okay. Why don't you defy danger plus intelligence? Okay. As a three. That is a three. Plus my intelligence. That's a four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fail. That is a fail. That is experience, though, because I haven't gotten a chance to use my strength. Taking experience. Yeah. And I think the people you definitely recognize as being in favor are obviously Messiah. Right. That orc woman whose name is Megduda. Okay. 
and Urbano. Urbano. Okay. We'll get to the failure of that in a few minutes. Okay. Off in the distance, I hear a dragon roar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so after the vote, Messiah sits down, pretty defeated, and she, um, the rest of the meeting goes back to that very boring stuff that doesn't really have anything that is interesting mm-hmm. specifically to Sal. Mm-hmm. Except that she does at one point hear her father's name. Huh, huh, my interest is peaked. Which is what exactly? What is what is Sal's father's name? I never picked a dad name. So we're gonna go real traditional. Okay. Carlos. Carlos? Carlos. Car- Just Carlos. Straight up. I can't roll my R's. That's okay. Carlos, Carlos or Car- or Jose. Ze for short. Or Joe. I think you really wanted me to name somebody Jose in the first session. I think I did. I kinda like Carlos. Okay, Carlos it is. Alright. Carlos. So um they mentioned yeah. Carlos's name. In reference to a uh, a shipment of Safira and a and a, a, a trade deal with the Safira and um, the Lamplighters Guild, I feel like I should say this: Carlos is not the name of my father; it is the name of my grandfather. I said real traditional, oh. but I didn't explain why I was saying that. Okay, you. Not, so this is Diana, the player, sa- yeah, informing Diana, us. Yes, Diana, the player, is inf- informing why she chose Carlos. It is my grandfather's name. It is not my actual father's name. Okay. You can't say my actual father's name. It's too long, and I don't want to have to say it over and over again. It's not that long. It's it, a pretty... It's hard. I mean, it's a very Portuguese it's name, very but it's Portuguese, a but pretty standard name. There's no reason for you to have to say it. So we're going with Carlos. He's, he's referenced once towards the end when they're talking about... Um, the Sephira Crystals. Uh, yeah, well, they're talking about trade with the other cities in the Pentopolis. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how... Um, They've they've worked out a trade agreement with Carlos and the Forza Safira Mining Company mm-hmm. to bring in a shipment of Safira soon. I think I instinctively start playing with my hair and make sure that it's covering my my birthmark. Okay. Um, and after a little while, the Guildhall meeting wraps up and civilians start to walk out. Do I notice who said my father's name? Like who was talking about my father? Oh, uh, I think that would be the head of the treasury who. I hadn't decided on yet. Well, so, I just I just wanted to know if it was. No, nah, roll um one d six. Okay, so they are a dwarf. Roll uh roll one d six again. It's a four again. That is Zunia. Dwarf Zunia. Okay. Zunia the dwarf is head of the treasury. I think Zunia was going over some of the trade mm-hmm. agreements and some of the shipments that were going on. Mm-hmm. And her and Susanna okay. uh, and Urbano are kind of involved in this, these in the, like the Safira trade. So I have an ally, yes. Well, well, I can assume that she... I'm assuming that she... I can't assume She it. also works with your father, who you specifically ran away from. Yes. So... Yes. So the, the town hall meeting um, breaks up, and civilians start exiting, and the guild members stand up, and they start talking amongst one another, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really look like they're moving too much. Some of them exit to the doors, mm-hmm. to the, like, bottom layer of the guild hall. I think I make my way down. Are other people, like, civilians going and talking to the guild leaders? No. Okay. I make my way down, and, like, wait, I guess, by the door that they would be coming out of, or the door that I think that they would be coming Okay, so you follow the way that the guard took you before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, who are you waiting for? Pete Myth. Okay. Or Sebastian. All right. So before 
Sebastião leaves, or before before Pete Myth or Sebastião comes out, Messia exits with Urbano, mm-hmm. and Urbano towers oh or not Urbano I'm sorry Magduda mm-hmm. she is an orc Magduda is the yeah. orc and she towers over uh Messia and she is a big orc woman and she kind of looks down her nose at you mm-hmm. uh as Messia glares mm-hmm. and Messia walks over to you and goes um so you stayed for the whole meeting oh I forgot you were here she goes don't play coy Sal I wasn't. I know that you told Pete Myth and Sebastiao about our discussion earlier today. You mean your kidnapping? Yes, I did tell them about the kidnap. And I say, every time I say kidnapping, I'm a little bit louder. She, when you kidnapped me. She kind of leans in close and she goes, You've convinced me that you are not here on some grand scheme to disrupt my work. But you've also proven that through sheer idiocy and incompetency, you are going to disrupt my work. I'm just laughing. I don't know. So I'm warning you now to stop showing your face around the guild leaders and the guild hall. And if you are wise, to get out of this city. Where is Urbano? Is he still next to her? Urbanu didn't come out with them. I'm sorry, that was oh, a, that oh. was a mistake. Oh, it was just her and the. It was just her okay. and Magduda. Can I push her away from me? <laughs> trying to find an excuse to use strength. Well, yeah, well, because even when I use my rapier, I'm not using strength. I'm using dexterity. Yeah. So I need to come up with different ways. But she's like, I'm assuming she's like pushing me up, probably up against the wall or something. She's getting in my face. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't want you in my face. So I'm putting my hands up and I probably like push her shoulders. Like, um, back up. I'm gonna do what I want. You don't get to do that. Okay, to me. so you're kind of just gently like putting. Yeah. You're not like shoving. No, her. I'm like putting my hands on her, but pushing. Okay, yeah, and she she backs off when you touch her, and she goes. I don't get to use my strength. No, she says, "Uh, you're right. I'm not your parents." And my parents don't get to tell me what to do. She uh, backs up, and she uh, she she gets back. Uh, she goes back to Magduda, and she starts walking away. Have fun assaulting people. And this is where your earlier failure comes to light. You don't see it, uh, but Messia gets in a rickshaw. Mm-hmm. And as she gets in, she leans out to some uh, some city guard members and gives them some orders and faces forward and rests her chin on her fist as she, she takes the bumpy ride back to her home. She's en- she enters into her study and she pulls out some paper mm-hmm. and a pen and she writes a letter which she gives to a delivery man yay my parents know now <laughs> so exciting but sal doesn't know any of that no nope. she doesn't know that Messia backs off yep and leaves too easily you sit you stay back and wait mm-hmm. okay pete myth or sebastian you wait around a little while longer, and um, Pete Myth ends up coming out with one of his assistants, and he he turns to you and goes, "Oh, Sal, were you waiting for me?" Yeah, I wanted to thank you for bringing up my concerns and the things that had been happening to me and talking about it. I just wanted to say thank you. He he nods and he smiles and he says, "Listen, Sal, there's." 
a lot going on in Segaranza and people are scared and people are trying to stand up for what they believe in. Sebastian and I and a lot of other people believe in what Segaranza can be and we want to do the right thing for everybody. What you told us is important because information is powerful and the more information we have, the better we can fight against people who are afraid. I'm not going to pretend that I've spent any time in Corpstown, but it's good that we have people who care about what's going on in every part of the city. You should go to Corpstown. It's a really interesting place. He uh, he kind of like uh, chuckles a little bit and goes, uh, I'll take your word for it. If you're going to take my word for it, I there is one more piece of information I would like you to know, and then I would like to ask for your advice if you don't mind. All right, shoot. So, Masia 100% threatened me just now, um, telling me that I needed to stay away from you guys, basically. Mm-hmm. What should I do? What do you think I should do? Because I can't stay away from these issues. I have friends who are gnolls, and I've... I don't have many friends in this city, but they are my friends, and I don't, I can't ignore what's happening to them, especially if I can do something about it. So what do you suggest I do if I'm being threatened? Pete Myth says, um, the truth of the matter, Sal, is that you're already in the shit. <laughs> he goes, Messiah has you on her blacklist. So the worst that could happen to you is already going to happen to you. Uh, so I should just keep doing what I'm doing. He, he shrugs and he goes, it's up to you. He says, you're new in the city, and there's no reason for you to make things harder on yourself. But this has been boiling up for five years, ever since Sebastião was first elected governor. This has been an issue. It, it's been an issue since the foundation of Segaranza. The Knolls have always been in the city. And it's always been a question of what to do with them. Mm-hmm. You've already started to get involved. If you back out now, Masia might forget about you. But as far as I see it, you've made her look like a fool too many times. Mm-hmm. She probably won't forget about me. Yeah. That's fine. Can I ask a favor of you? It was all right. Could you give me any way that I could contact you in case something happens? If I get more information or like a place where I can find you? It was, yeah, for sure. I can give you uh, the address of the Mason's Guild Hall. Awesome. Um, so that you can meet with with me or one of my representatives whenever you need us. Awesome. Thank you so much. You get another slip of favor. Yep. Because you always get slips of favor. Yep. Identifying where uh, uh, the Mason's Guild Hall is. So Pete Myth mm-hmm. is the head of the Mason's Guild, and that is where his Guild Hall meets. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pete Myth. He goes, you're welcome, Sal. Stay safe. Thanks. He starts to walk away, and then he stops, and he turns back to you, and he goes, Sal, you should really stay safe. How? How? He goes, uh, I, I know you've been trying to go unnoticed, but the parliament recognizes guild families. Super fun. He Thanks goes, for that information. He goes, I don't know who knows, but just be really careful. When did you know? 
He kind of rolls his eyes and he goes, when we met. (laughs) (laughs) She looks panicked, like white-faced panicked and immediately grabs her hair. He's like, uh, he's like, it it doesn't help that you use your real name. Okay. He goes, um, just, just be careful if you're going to be getting involved. Uh, and he turns with his assistant and, uh, they leave. Thank you. (laughs) So what do you want to do? What is the time? It is probably like two hours after nightfall. Okay. So corpse sounds too far away. And I don't know that I could make it at night without a guide. So I think I'm going to go to Florida's house. And if her son's there, I'm going to talk to him. But Why don't you roll to navigate the streets of Sagaranza? Woot woot! So yeah, so when you leave, um, this area of Sagaranza is still very busy and, and lively even a few hours after nightfall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I failed again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that is a failure. It would be a pass if my wisdom wasn't a zero. If your wasn't, yeah. If I had anything to add to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So, well, you can use your lucky charm if you want. Oh, I forgot I had that. I am. I'm using my lucky charm. You want to? Yeah. Okay. Well, that is exactly the same thing. Y- I got you rolled th- the exact same thing on the different dice. Yep. I got the exact same thing, so that's You got the fun. exact same numbers on different dice. Yeah. That's wild. The streets are still lively, and um, there's still people, like, walking around and selling goods, and there's food trucks and things, or food stalls and things. And Sal gets into a rickshaw mm-hmm. and uh, gives the rickshaw driver the address that mm-hmm. Gilberto and Flora gave her. And he starts peddling away, right? Um, to, to take her to Gilberto and Flores. And he drives down, the, he rides down the main streets and there's lights and the Sephira crystals burning and all kinds of people out. And he takes some turns and, and goes around and Sal is sitting and watching the sights pass. This goes on for a few minutes until he is going down the road and three figures step out into mm-hmm. the road as he's as he's going up mm-hmm. as he's moving up and um they are wearing those burlap sacks and mm-hmm. wooden masks okay. of the chasers mm-hmm. and uh they they step out in front of him and you you feel him like slam on the brakes right and sound like jerks forward i think she wasn't even paying attention i think she was kind of just like watching the sights and then she jerks forward and looks ahead and see these the sees these three figures in front of her and one of them draws his sword and i think we're gonna end there ah. Ah. okay so thank you everyone for joining us we really appreciate you turning in we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode are you, yeah, are it you was, nervous, Steve? I am very nervous. I am nervous, but I think it'll be all right. I've taken on three assailants before. I can do it again. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same stupid assailants. Nah, you you messed them up pretty bad. Yes. Thank you to you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you to Zach B., our editor, yes. without whom this would not get done. Like, really, really, this would not get done without him, so mm. thank you so much. Thank you to In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off of the album Healing. 
love their music just do it it's really good autumn music i think i might have said that last episode but it really is like it's up there with my favorite autumn albums like uh fast fall by life form that might be yeah fast fall by life form is like one of my favorite album album uh, autumn albums <laughs> and then i have rotated healing and i think in love with the ghosts i think it was the 2015 dis- discography i've rotated into my autumn music it's just it just feels so good it is it definitely it's good music and you should listen to it uh, also thank you to soy milk coffee coffee for the illustration of diana and i that yes. we use for our logo uh, if you like us, please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends. Uh, subscribe to us. Yes. When you're going on all those hay rides and picking out pumpkins, just, you know, listen to us. No, don't well, that's do happening. that. Listen to In Love with a Ghost when you're on the hay rides. When you are driving home from the corn maze in the car, you can listen to us. Oh, okay. 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 That's Yeah, that's better. Do that. But yeah, rate and subscribe. Uh, we're on all the major podcast catchers yay uh, it really means a lot to us and it helps us uh, helps other people to find us yes please recommend us to your fellow rpg loving friends or you're not rpg loving friends but your friends who you think maybe maybe they should get into this yeah maybe they should join this cult i just introduced someone to torchbearers who had never role played before i introduced two people who had previously played dungeons and dragons and one person who had never role played before to torture or tabletop role play they'd done some actually really cool like academic larps uh but i introduced them to torchbear and it went really well that's awesome it you should get just, them to listen to our podcast that feels weird it does feel weird. like hey i'm gming torchbear for you do you want to hear me gm more <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna do that but you should do it to your friends yes you should you can also follow us at heartpoints pod on twitter at it, at 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 aroba uh if you could tweet about us we'd love to see it uh, so tag us or hashtag HeartPointsPod, and if you do so, we'll mention you on the show. Today we got, or this week, we got retweeted by Hypertrophic Press, which is a lit mag um, that I love. I was I was actually in an issue a few months ago, a few issues ago. <laughs> I was in an issue. But no, they are an awesome lit mag, Hypertrophic yeah. Press, which I always mispronounce and because it's either hardo or softo, and I used to always mispronounce it. And then I corrected myself, but now I don't remember if the I don't remember what's so the. So what are the two one. ways that you can say it? Hypertrophic or hypertroph hypertrophic? I actually think it's hypertrophic, because I think I use it's hypertrophic. It press. is. I think it is hypertrophic press. Um, Definitely check them out. They're awesome. The stories in there are really just incredible. Yeah, and they're the only people who tweeted about us this week. So what's your deal, guys? <laughs> tweet, <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. Yeah. Well, and just tweet at us like i want to if you just want to talk about rpgs like hit us up because that's all i ever want to do yeah you don't have to even tweet at us about the segaranza campaign if you just want to talk about dungeon world um like if you want to listen to us talk about role-playing logistics and what was it we were saying semantics that's not right theory there you go practice there you go yeah, like hit, hit us up. We we want to talk about. It. I want to talk about it. So right. you can also tweet at me directly at ZW Garth. I'm not gonna start like plugging my personal Twitter, but whatever you, you can. Did. You just did. Shut yeah. up. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heartpointspod. Why did I say forward slash? I don't know. Uh, facebook.com slash forward uh, slash heartpointspod. 
Thank you to Rajiv for sending us a message on yes. that, asking us about like talking about the campaign. I want to talk about the campaign. I want to talk about gaming. So hit us up. Yeah, seriously, reach out to us. So uh, I think that's it. I think it might be. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, until next, oh, last thing, we are going to do a horror game. Yay! Uh, definitely for Halloween. Maybe next week. I haven't decided yet. It depends on if I can find rules that I really like. So this episode will be out the 16th. So yeah, for the 30th, we're definitely going to have a horror game. Um, Maybe next week as well. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. So uh, don't panic if next week isn't Segaranza. We will be back to it. And we're really looking forward to that. And we hope you enjoy it. So in the meantime, have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. (laughs) 